Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. People celebrate the holidays, but you, you dominate the holidays. You deck the halls, the mantle, and anything else that will stand still. You deserve a bold cold brew that's as festive as you. Topped with creamy cookie butter cold foam, covered in cookie butter crumbles, and perfectly pairable with our new cookie butter donut, Dunkin's Cookie Butter Cold Brew is a delicious match for your decked out domination. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. Yo! What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Project Manga Podcast, where we cover Aliens Area, Sakamoto Days, Mission Yozakura Family, Jujutsu Kaisen, My Hero Academia, and One Piece week to week. Back this week covering Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 34. I am your host, Igudu. And I am Melo Yenis. Yes, yes, sir. And uh, as always, before we get started, we would like you, you know, we would ask that you take a look in the description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our, you know, individual social media accounts like Twitter, online communities like our Discord, uh, audio listening platforms to listen to the podcast on, as well as, you know, the link to our Patreon if you'd like to support what we do even more than you do by just watching. So, also, timestamps down there you can use to navigate yourself through the video and avoid spoilers for a series that you're not current in. Also, like the goddamn video and subscribe to the channel for more fire-ass weekly content. Um, so yeah, with all that said, another fire-ass weekend jump. Mello, what was your strongest chapter for this week? Whew, you know, I feel like my strongest episode was My Hero Academia. <clears throat> it, was, it was a tough one, because I really liked it. I feel like it's great setup. The parallels are there, and it's just like, if I feel it, I can taste just like a nice, nice, like, upheaval, and I'm ready. Yes. One Piece was close. One Piece was so close. And, like, part of me is like, is it because I've been waiting for One Piece for, like, a couple weeks now? But, like, oh, oh my god. <sighs> like, great villain work in... One Piece, but my hero, my hero took it for me. Honorable mention, Takamoto Day. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah, I think I think my hero definitely, you know, is that that is uh, merited. I'll say. For me, same thing. You know, my hero and One Piece obviously were kind of the two the two that stand out. Um, 
Yozakura family also quite a strong chapter, you know, but um, just, I don't know, like in terms of the weight of what we get in My Hero and then in terms of the volume of the shit that we get in One Piece, like just nothing can really stand mm-hmm. to those two this week um, in terms of content, like is and inside of this conversation specifically. Um, so yeah, like One Piece, I think for me this week was definitely the strongest only because like while my hero did slap fucking uh, One Piece, man, just the con- the amount, the volume of the content that we got across the board, yes. like we got, a, we got a lot of different shit in One Piece and there's just a lot of conversation to be had in mm. terms of like the content that we got inside of the One Piece chapter this week. So yeah, with that being said, I guess we just jump right into it, man. Aliens Area Chapter 8. It's so hot, and uh, I felt that. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm man. I'm wondering if it really gets these hot in these rice patties, man. Like the like, oh yeah, because I, I know dude. Japan. I've heard has has a kind of a similar climate to, I guess, the Midwest, right? Like where it oh, it gets hot as shit, dude. It gets hot right. as shit, but it will also get very very cold in some parts of Japan and snow. And they have rough winters in certain parts of Japan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, if it's anything like the Midwest, I was working patio, like, this week. It was so hot one day. They were just like, bro, go home. I don't think we're going to get anyone to sit on this patio. <laughs> I don't even think the Midwest is a good comparison. I think California would be a better comparison. Because I do believe yeah, it's, like, fair. geographically, like, kind of in a similar, you know... Um, lane if that makes sense right like northern Northern california is pretty um you know like right there next to washington and oregon and shit and like and then like southern california is like damn near mexico (laughs) so it's (laughs) yeah it's a wide spectrum and i feel like southern california i think used to be part of mexico straight up i i do believe it did as well Yeah. yeah um but i mean i really do like the um Kind of the the initiation bullshit quest that, that they have to send Tatsumi on here. Um, you know, they're all kind of sniggering and sneering at him like, yeah, yeah, you're the new guy. We all did this shit. You know, we know this sucks dick, but you got to do it, bro, because we all did it. Um, so, yeah, they, they send him to, like, do some little fucking menial task in this rice paddy search for this. Uh, this. What the fuck? What the hell is it? Uh, some unknown life form, like an alien life form that's kind of infecting the plants and shit. Or it will contaminate the plants if it's too uh, if it's too many of them. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was really interesting, and I'm glad that we had this moment, because I immediately talked about, like, I want to see, like, the mundane aspects of, yeah. like... Of, like, basically, this is, a, like, a, like, a policing unit, right? This is a, this is a you know, governmental institution that enforces regulations etc and like there is combat right um and like we're both americans like we're used to like you know cop shows glorifying violence and stuff and like the action the excitement and stuff but like i like to see like this kind of like tenderness and like the changing of his like perception of like what his job is and what it actually means as opposed it's like um 
it felt a little bit like a Men in Black, you know, where like he's like, oh, I need to like fight everything. It's like, nah, dog, you, you're too trigger happy. You're too trigger happy. You mm. need to talk to them and like get them to like you and be part of the community and like just tell them, it's like, hey, man, like you're kind of messing some stuff up. Like, okay, like you know, Earth is a little different, and these rice patties are a little sensitive. Like, quit messing around. Yeah, um, yeah, it was nice to see that little that mon- the mundane aspect, and that's funny that you did say that literally last co- the last conversation that we had about this series last week with Axel, um, you literally did say like, oh, I want to see all the mundane shit. Like, give me the give me the bullshit. So that's good. funny that we get this little fucking guy like cultivating these things that his wife used to use for sashimi, and it's like fucking with the rice patties, yeah, and they're like, bro. You gotta chill out. And he's like, oh shit, my bad, bro. I didn't even know. Hey, I- I'm gonna chill out. You know what I'm saying? Respect y'all. Like, I'm gonna stay in my own lane. I'm not trying to get deported. And uh, yeah, it was funny how Tatsumi was like, oh shit, this, this motherfucker. We gotta square up. And then the bitch is like, why are you trying to look tough, bro? Like, what the fuck? Chill we're out, like, dude. We're literally giving this dude a warning. Settle <laughs> <laughs> down, rookie. <laughs> I'm dead. Simmer. Simmer. You know? Uh, it was funny. I really liked it. I think that the alien is from Venus because, like, it's a Venusian because oh. of their talking. It's like, there's much rain here, just like on my own hamlet. But that's actually sulfuric acid rain. And that is literally Venus. Yeah. It is just a ball of sulfuric rain. Um, that's so I like true. it. I also like the kind of dis- the disguise, like the different ways they have disguises for the aliens. Like if you go look on page fourteen, right? Yeah. I love that it. it He's it, like it's like, coming out the front of him. Yeah, like um, like a mascot suit. You know what I mean? With like the zipper on the back, it feels like that as opposed to like Niame just like invading a dude or invading a suit and like coming out the mouth which is you know gigoresque and grotesque but like it looks like like if cell like took one of the the like sack of a person that he left after he would like suck their life force out and then he just like cuts it open and he's like about to slide inside of it like that's <laughs> oh like a cicada skin you know like those yeah. little sh- cicada shells that you see him yeah and you're just like i'm gonna climb inside i'm gonna do my little dance oh my god yeah little super suit and then the person's hands are like are the are these still his hands like he's literally like mm, mm. he's got the fucking costume halfway off but this is still like his hands and the human's hands and he's like talking shit with him Dude, I think that's a great, like, relaxed pose, right? Like, I love that the human suit is, like, in this very kind of, like, very measured, very collected kind of, like, vibe, you know? He's just chilling. And then I see kind of, like, sort of like a lean-to out in the the woods. Yeah, he's he's just like, yeah, he's just a dude who's camping. And it's like, that's great. Love that for him. Fuck yeah. And um, I love the uh, the realization for you know Tatsumi where he's like, oh, we don't always have to resort to violence. Like this is not this is not like always a super dangerous job. Like damn. And he thinks about you know the implications obviously because you know obviously you would be worried about having a dangerous job and leaving you know um, I forget the kids' names uh, Taro and what's the other one's name? Anyways, yeah, you uh, Sachi. 
Yeah, Taro and Sachi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taro and Sachi. You would obviously be, you know, concerned about leaving them alone if you were to die in the in the line of duty at a super dangerous job. So yeah, super meaningful to him probably that like it's not always going to be very dangerous, but for the sake of the the manga readers, I'm guessing it probably will. <laughs> Maybe not. Dude. Oh man, I, you know, going back to the early bit, they were talking about like the theme of the chapter. I think can be summed up in page four where uh, the fella, is, like, the manager is basically saying, innocent until proven guilty is a fundamental principle of justice. Without hard evidence, you've got nothing. Mm-hmm. From, like, Miwa. And I was like, that's good. I like that. I like that. It was hidden within the joke of, like, Shiraku's... They called that stuff an extra-legal nap. Yeah. And... It confirms our, like, theory of, like, how his brain is, like, so strong, right? That he's, like, he is unconscious. He's asleep, but he's still able to function and do work and process information as if he's never been asleep. And it makes you wonder, does Shiraku actually truly sleep? And it kind of lends kind of credence to the idea that his third artifact is, like, brain limitation? Hmm. Because like, if you ha- if you were like always on and you literally could like function perfectly with sleep, like you heard about like the Russian sleep experiments, right? Where they like see what happens to the human body after like they like you can't sleep or stuff, like you know, creepy posture or whatever, you know. But like the they, human like, they brain, keep you up for like they keep you up and see what happens and it drives people insane like the human brain needs rest the fact that our brain is complex enough to have all these things to create governments philosophies ideologies love hatred everything art like all these things like math thinking about like the stuff that we do for our jobs the thing like all the anxieties that our brains conjure up to keep us safe in a modern world if we couldn't sleep, we'd all go insane. And it's just like, I wonder how... Sh- I want to see, like, a, I'm waiting for the flashback of Shiraku. Like, fresh off the implantation, like, a month in. And he's just fucking, like, livid. You know? And he's, like, not handling it well. You know what I mean? He's like, I can't handle this. So I want to see, I want to see that. Because that, like, not, like... That weird gray space of like, He's is he like a sleeper? In not? the fetal position in his apartment, like I can't handle all this fucking information coming. Like it's overload, bro. I I, I can't, I can't process. It would be because like it's like one of like uh, my autistic friends. They're able to hear the like the buzz of a fluorescent light bulb, right? They're able to like discern all these sounds and like. Um, like hearing like the tick of a clock, you know, like you see in movies, right? Like you hear the tick of the clock, you tick it like the tick of the clock. Like my grandparents' house, they had this clock and I literally like every time I stayed at my grandparents' house, I would take this clock and I would put it in the closet because it was the loudest fucking thing in the world. It was like, click, click, click. And I'm like, how the, you? oh yeah, you're deaf. I forget. <laughs> like... Yeah, I know. I actually have a clock that I took the battery out of because it was too loud. And I'm fucking, it's like, I had it in my it living room me. on the wall and I could not fucking stand it. I'm like, yo, no. Ah, that's why the digital clocks and stuff are where it's at. Like, I use my phone for my clock all the time. And it's just like, I could never really go back to like having like a, like a mechanical clock. 
Yeah, yeah. But no, I definitely do like the fact that Shiraku is like literally sleeping, you know, processing information still while he's sleeping, like sitting here typing and fucking reading, 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 typing, all that. But yeah, I don't know. I wonder if he's in some trance like state, maybe like I think it definitely could be possible that he has like a, a mental limiter that he uses maybe to put it to allow himself even to go into this state. Or even yeah, maybe even like a seems... further like actual REM sleep, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, like he's awake 18 hours a day and sleeps for four, that kind of thing. Right. He enters, because like uh, there's actually things and stuff like D&D, right? Like elves can enter like a meditative trance for four hours and gain the benefits of like an eight hour long rest. Yeah. Or like, like a warforged is like a machine thing and it goes into like a diminished capacity mode and it's like... It doesn't do anything, it just recharges, and you do the same thing, four hours, but it's aware of their surroundings. And so I was like, oh yeah, this makes perfect sense to me. Sure, I could go. Yeah. Like, Damn, I he's, think... Uh, he's in the meditative state, bro. Yeah. That's why I think I'm... it's interesting, because he's actually asleep in the van. Once he gets to, like, page nine. Yep, yep, he's in the van, sleep, cooling. In the AC, bro. Sleeps. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I really like the fact that they didn't find anything in this rice paddy. Like, it's the needle in a haystack story, right? Like, yep. They're digging, they're digging, they're looking for trash, they try to find it. And I like the fact that, like, it made sense that they didn't find anything, because the dude that planted them already collected them so that he could eat them. And yeah! Uh, it's not a goose chase. It's not like the higher-ups punishing them. Because, like, we have, like, lines of dialogue where they're like, Oh, higher-ups ask for the impossible. Oh, I mean, I wish I didn't have to do this, all this stuff. But we all did it at one point. Like, this is what we gotta do. And it's like, it's like, uh, when I first started, like, serving tables, I got asked to go get something from the mailroom. And it's a restaurant. There was no mailroom. I was like... Bro, I've been gone for like 15 minutes, and I'm like, I ain't finding this stuff. And I went to someone, I was like, you don't have a mailroom. I'm like, ah, I get it. The guys are fucking with me. Got it, got it, got it good. Yeah, no, that would piss me off. <laughs> I was like, whatever. If you don't want me to do anything productive for 20 minutes, you're still paying me for this. So whatever, man. And I was like, no, no, if you give me 20 more minutes, I swear I could find it. They're like, nah, nah, get back to work. <laughs> right. I really like the um, the wholesome moment too that we get from the squad mates. I forget the girl um, with the hat's name and the dude with the fucking M in his head, in his hair. Yeah, line. we'll figure it out. Um, they were mentioned a couple chapters back. I just can't remember. Um, but yeah, the way they are, they're just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're helping them. We don't care about the consequences. You know what I'm saying? We're just gonna help them because it's hot as fuck out here. Man's just talking about he don't even want a popsicle. He's about to finish it all. Like we're just gonna help him bang this out real quick. Take your popsicle, we'll help. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was a real feel-good kind of squad moment for me. You know, I always like that kind of shit inside these manga. So, <clears throat> love to see it. Man, it was it was nice. And like, uh, cause like, I grew up on a farm, and I can tell you, being out in a fucking field with the sun beating down on you. It gets hot as fuck, dude. Oh, yeah. It, it'll it burn your ass. That's why all those dudes are basically, like, 
rusty brown half the time. You know those guys at the farmer's tans. You oh, see yeah. them. They're just like, man, you are baked. <laughs> you, got, you, got, you got lines in you because you're like just tanned leather at that point. Dude, dude I was going to say, you're looking crispy, bro. Like tan, like leather, like mm -hmm. a Florida beach milf, bro. Wild. I'm dead. But, um... Yeah, I, I wasn't always a creature of the night, you know? I used to look, like, brown like a pottery child as a kid. I was tan as... I was, like, tan like Mowgli, dude. Uh, like Mowgli. Mm -hmm. I'm dead. That's funny as fuck. I was just... I'm trying to look back and... Fuck. Never mind. I don't care. I don't know if I really had <clears throat> much more for this chapter of Valen's area. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I just like the kind of the setup chapter, the brief little moment yeah. of you know, kind of silence, tranquility. I like the the meaningful moments for um, Tatsumi. Like I said, this chapter, and I like the alien, like we talked about. So overall, pretty solid chapter. And I like the wholesome moment at the end too, where they made a where he makes a nice little meal with Taro and Sachi. Yeah, I like that he got like the fresh farm, fresh veggies. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. It's like the nice little perk of the job, that kind of thing, and uh, it's pretty chill. I liked the lingo kind of going there. Like, this is a class ten uh, disaster, and I'm like, oh, class ten. That sounds bad, but like, we haven't had like it's a, such a new series. We haven't like learned like the terminology and stuff, so like we don't know whether or not. Class 10 is like the lowest level, and a class 1 is the most severe, right? Or if it's like, uh, starts at 1 and escalates from there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that is, I mean, I am also curious to kind of see that. Mm -hmm. Because it, like it didn't even really that. seem that, that serious, you know? They were like, oh, it's not really, and they said that. They were like, oh, it's not really an issue now, but like, if, if there's a bunch of them, then it could maybe fuck with shit and contaminate shit. Oh man, it's it, I think it's almost like um you know mercury poisoning in the tuna. You know what I mean? Like it's just like it's like that. We're like oh man, you should watch out for that. You know you're gonna crap that or like throw off the pH balance so that the rice spoils or something like that. Yeah, and something like with water or nothing. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a cool little chapter, a nice wholesome thing. Um, it's probably going to have like a mystery panic like first response kind of chapter following it and have a little more action and suspense but this was a nice nice quiet one nice solid one. yeah i think uh i'm ready to go back into some some more high octane shit or some more suspenseful and and you know edge butt clenchy shit um, yeah i want to i want especially to because, send sorry go ahead no i was just going to say especially because last or not last chapter, but this next chapter, I believe, you know, chapter nine is going to round out the first volume, correct? Uh, he... Generally? Yeah, I'd say, like, the average... The average volume, chapters, first volume is about nine chapters, I think. Yeah, nine to ten. I think, um, Crows was, like, eleven. Hmm. Or something like that. Um, off the top of my head. I remember doing something like that for book club, but yeah, like... Ten's a good number, honestly. The human brain seems to like 
10, I, you know, because it feels neat. I feel like the fact that we get a, a kind of a um, set up chapter for chapter 8 means that uh, maybe the, the first volume here will be 10 chapters or more. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I, I don't know if we'll get, like, the entire resolution of a conflict within just next chapter, you know? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Because normally you like to end off the first volume on, a, like, a kind of a high point, like, winning, mm -hmm. you know, something. I don't know. I think so, too. I, I genuinely believe that, like, 10 is a good number. If we're thinking about, like, numbers and stuff and how they're interacting with things... I really want, because like we have that with Unluck, right? With the um, Anaun kind of like, how this is the point, past this chapter points, it can't be predicted. It's off the rails. Prediction is no longer valid into mm -hmm. that thing. Um, but like with Aliens Area, I want like a, like a huge bang off, like kind of like point where like area 51 right i want to see if they have something planned for chapter 51 yeah yeah but yeah other than that that's really all i had for the the chapter today yeah yeah me too short and sweet nice little little slice of life moment yeah feel good moments in this chapter and nothing too crazy nothing too crazy all right well with that i think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 80 of sakamoto days reunion and uh, we got this nice little color color page, you know, or not color page, but color cover uh, with yeah. Shishiba, Osaragi, Takamura, Kanaguri, and Hyo. Hyo. It's all kind of standing Cute. there. Cutesy. Very cutesy. I believe they're currently the, the main members of Order that mm -hmm. are known. And Kanaguri hasn't been, like, caught out as a member of Slur's group. As far as I am aware. Yeah. I mean to like Mafuyu, but like, yeah, you know. <laughs> Man, All right. I love the first, like the very first page, right? Where Akira is talking about like yeah. the different jobs you can have. I was like, man, because like we had that moment where um, that young guy that was being piloted um, they are talking about the job, and I can't remember how much he was getting paid to do that. You know what I mean? Because, like, this, um, like, please let us know in the comments, um, just the price difference of, like, these floaters, spotters, test subjects, and see how much they got. And it's like, is it really a competitive price? Was it really a good deal? Is it an exorbitant amount of money? Like, I want to know. I want to know. I mean... The spotters and the floaters. I mean, the floaters obviously the safest, you know, and with the most marginal wage. And then like the spotters, you're getting paid a little more. And then the test subjects. Depending on the test, you might like if you want to play it safe and not do any wild shit. That's when you get the thirty thousand. But if you want to test these lethal poisons, these 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 prototypical weaponries and shit, like you gonna get that eight hundred racks. Uh, but you about to fucking you probably about to die and your family you your family's it's, getting that 800 racks <laughs> if, if it's not just dude i wonder what kill baby's thing is like yeah. i wonder if he's just like stupid durable and that's his only ability like he's not that deadly he's not that fast he got his ass handed to him pretty quickly but he survived all that you know so i'm like Cheating. is his is his like 
unique, like, not unique battle, like, his main strength, just straight-up durability. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's uh. like, what's your power? I'm a cockroach, sir. <laughs> I'm a cockroach, sir. Um, yeah, you know, so yeah, then we get the deer guy, you know, I like, uh, I like this moment where he's like, you know what, if you really want in this room, or you, well, you want in this group with us, um, we're going to need you to do a little quid pro quo and just take care of, you know, tie up this loose end for us on, on, on the JCC's end of things. Cause if they got intro info on, uh, you know, who quote unquote, you know what I'm saying in the database, they, uh, it's going to be inconvenient for us. So I like the fact that. Again, you know, multiple players kind of vying for this vault right now. And uh, it's making the situation even more butt-clenchy. But as far as, like, um, Siba goes, this he's is wild. Is like, what? Siba's funny as hell, dude. Well, not only is he funny, but he's, like, a prodigious genius, we learn. Like, <clears throat> I mean, we already figured he was he was smart, but... What what did we learn? Like the exact title that he gets. <coughs> oh, let's um, see. They he had the top about... graduation project of his class. He was the first weapons de pro production department student in 15 years to win the coveted Yoshimura Prize. And the Yoshimura Prize usually only goes to people from the assassin department. So, I mean, Siba's cold, man. I feel like we were sleeping on him a little bit. Maybe maybe I was the only one sleeping on him a little bit, but he's actually I mean, got... He was, he was always cool, but I feel like this really kind of, like, adds depth to his character and, like, brings him up to par, right? Because for a while I was like, okay, you got beat up by a, a top-notch spider, a sniper, sprinkler, and a telepath. And so, like, I love that this... It's just like reaffirming that he is a contender, right? Well, I mean, that, yes, but like it makes those situations feel a little less um, detractory, I guess you could say, because like mm -hmm. now you're kind of seeing like, I mean, that's not necessarily his lane, you know, fighting people, yeah. doing actual espionage shit. Like he's really an inventor it seems like he really just wants solver. to stay in that lane he's a problem solver he's an inventor and uh and he's really just not built for the assassin shit man he's like i'm not trying to do all that this is my lane i'm gonna stay in it y'all do you mm -hmm. and i'll build you some tech you know what i'm saying dude do you think he's gonna be like because like he's getting a call from mafuyu and then Mafuyu's been kidnapped straight mm -hmm. up, so is this a moment where, like, because that happened, Sibu would align himself against X organization and, like, side with, like, Shin and company and, like, be their Q, so to speak? You mm -hmm. know, like, does he do that? Or does he become another threat that, like, blindsides Shin in an attempt to, like, stop him from getting the database right because yeah. we have amine who's like definitely looking for the thing but then would siba be willing to destroy the database to protect mafuyu mm -hmm. if the uh, x organization framed it in a way that they'd be like no we've got your brother he's fine for now if you want him to be fine you're gonna have to do something for us 
Yeah. Or something like that. There's there's elements to that. And I like that kind of um, mercurial nature that he kind of has. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely curious to see kind of what avenue the Mafuyu situation takes, for sure, because the, the phone call obviously could have huge implications as to the part, you know, Siba, um, Natsuki plays going forward. <clears throat> you know, whether, like you said, he kind of aligns himself with slurring them to protect Mafuyu, or if Mafuyu, like, maybe is talking on their behalf per se, but then maybe uses some like brother code to let him know like what the real situation is. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious to see kind of what turn this takes. And I, I don't know. I wish we could have maybe at least got the scene with him picking up the phone and then see his reaction, you know? know. Yeah. It's a great cliffhanger moment for that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's funny. He might even say, um, he might say something that doesn't fit in with, like, his germaphobic nature. Oh, yeah. Because even in his, even in his, like, um, picture, he's wearing a mask. Like, even in his, like, phone profile picture, in his brother's phone, he's wearing a mask. So it's like, this is who this kid is, like... It's an integral part of this who he is. I love, but like Siva's on tack. I really love his like way of thinking. Right? He's like, man, you're not looking for like journals. He even asks like Shin. Yeah. He's like, man, you're not thinking any of this stuff through. Like, do you even? What do you think it looks like? Right. What are you he's even like, looking for? Do you even know, know what you're book? looking for? He's like, are you fucking dumb? He's like, you know how big that fucking book would have to be. You know how many like. You know how much room these documents would take? Like, it's clearly been digitalized. Like, we obviously are looking for a fucking USB drive or some shit. <clears throat> and then, yeah, yeah, he kind of boils it down to, like, the best course of action is clearly to, like, talk to the staff members, probably the ones who have been here the longest, to, you know, vet whether they know anything about the vault or the uh, or the database. But something that really stood out to me, and I think they that the answer is right in front of our face right now right here on chapter mm-hmm. or on page nine this fucking janitor he yeah, knows where yeah, it yeah. is bro he literally yeah. knows where it is he's like your friend sure energetic huh siba he's like oh hi and uh and he's like mr janitor do you know anything about the database and he's like ah 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 the database huh that brings back memories and just like shuffles off like this dude this dude fucking knows i don't know i'm i would put money on it right now maybe i'm wrong i could definitely be wrong Oh, but maybe really he's funny. just laughing like, oh, I've been hearing rumors. Like, I've, been, oh, I've been here forever. I've heard so many rumors about this dumbass database. Ah, ah. But I feel like this dude knows. <laughs> Actually. He's the janitor. I'm he's here. been everywhere in the building. He's fucking exactly. cleaned the whole thing, bro. He's he signed these NDAs. He knows where every fucking nook and cranny of this building is. I have a theory that he really does know and that the janitor might be the database. And that the hiding of the information is passed on through, like, an oral tradition, right? Like, because... He's just got all of it in his mind? We were talking about that, weren't we, a few reviews ago, whether it would be, like, a fuck... Mm, Keep going. Imagine your new bathroom. 
a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I think that, like, the janitor, because he says, your friend's Sir energetic. Huh. Seba. And Seba's just like, oh, Mr. Janitor. He doesn't know this guy's name, no. but he knows him. Why does he know him? Oh, man. You know what I mean? I mean, of course, yes, he's a prestigious student that won the Yoshimura Prize, but, like, come on. How does he really know him? So, like, and then, like, in a later chapter, they talk about how the JCC's idea is that you must be invisible with your intent to kill, that an assassin's job is to blend in with the environment around you. So, like... The thing that I've learned, and like, one of my old babysitters used to be a janitor for the college I ended up attending to, like, we used to talk to each other all the time, and they're like, yeah, no, no one pays attention to cleaning staff, and like, we saw this in Yozakura family, when they visited the president of the spy association, mm-hmm. he was dressed up as a janitor, dude, and I feel like the, the more overlooked, mundane, casual you are, the better it is, right? So I just feel like that might be the case. I think it could be like a, an aspect of either the janitor knows where the disc, where the the amount is, or they are a part of a collective that basically memorizes all the information about a person and like keeps it to themselves, and then people can like reference it and then they'll request it and then they'll get like a printed thing right later so i feel like it could be like that yeah that's my theory yeah i like i like this dude being like the curator of the database like uh-huh. he he's got the he's got the laptop he's got the usb drive he's updating the shit he knows everybody because yeah i didn't even think about the fact that he literally calls Sibao by name mm-hmm. and then he's mm-hmm. just like mr janitor like Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, no, I think this fucking janitor, I think this is the, it's right in front of our eyes right here, bro. Yeah, I, agree. I think it I might totally be it. Agree. The same and thing then, occurred to me as soon as I read the chapter, I was like, this dude fucking knows. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? and like, the thing is, Shin might not be able to tell that thing, because um, Satoda, senpai, was able to hide her thoughts and was invisible with her, you know, intent of aggression. And they're able to hide their thoughts. And she flipped him. Whereas, like, the other guy, like, tried to shoot him and, like, didn't miss it. Like, was broadcasting their thoughts. So I think that, like, these older assassins are able to, like, conceal their thoughts, even from, like, outward detection. Yeah. 
and like kind of like be blank, right? Like they just can mentally blank themselves and like hide their presence and stuff. And so they don't give off anything. Yeah. And that's why the janitor like Shin's like doesn't have exactly the advantage that he thinks he does. Yeah. Well, and if we're keeping in line with the theory that or speculation that he is like you know, of that level, of that echelon, and um and that he is the curator of the database and he knows all this shit. Not only the shit you were talking about, like obviously he can conceal mm-hmm. his intent to kill, he can conceal his thoughts and presence, but he would obviously know about Shin being that he's attending the academy. You know, he would probably know about his abilities being that, like, it's not exactly a secret, you know? Um, and so it's just convenient that he just so happens to show up the second that Shin runs away. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like the mind control ability or the mind reading ability is gone now. He just so yeah. happens to show up literally the panel after Shin is exiting the scene. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hmm, curiouser and, and curiouser, bro. Because he's like, your friend's really energetic, and he's probably been watching for a yes. while. Um, dang. Watch it be inside a dumpster, dude. Like, the entrance to, like, a, a database is, like, inside a dumpster. Or it could be in the cafeteria, right? Like, mm-hmm. like if you see, like, an empty cafeteria and a janitor, like, mopping the floors, you're not gonna give that five seconds, you know? Right. Like, you're just gonna overlook it. So, I feel it, man. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see where things could possibly go. And I'm sold on the on the idea that this janitor is, like, the curator of the database, bro. I fucking... Mm. I love it, bro. I love it, dude. Hell yeah. Man. Um, I, I love the next practicum. I think Siba was trying to tell him, like... Because on page 8, he says, Of course, I'd keep my distance from... And I think he meant Satoda-sensei. Yeah. Of course, no, yeah, of course, yeah, of course I'd keep my distance from her, you know what I'm saying, was probably what he was going to say, like, mm-hmm. that bitch, she's different, bro, she'll, she'll whoop your ass and then some. Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm not your auntie, I teach this class. Yeah, yeah. I remember was... three fools doing the same years ago. <laughs> Talking about, Man. uh, probably Taro, um, mm-hmm. Nagumo. Taro, Nagumo, and, and uh, Akao. Akao, yeah, Akira. Mm. Not Akira, but Akao, yeah. Auntie, yeah. Auntie! Would it ask like an auntie? But no, I love this. Uh, I love the assassination practicum. That was um, cool. I love this. Where he's With like, like you guys need to be able to conceal your intent to kill and your aggression to, to a degree that, like, even me, a master assassin, maybe not a master assassin, but an assassin of a high enough level to teach, you know, at the JCC um, combat classes, you know, you have to be able to sneak up on me. And y'all are really going to learn how hard that is because I'm going to put this blindfold on (coughs) and I'm still going to fuck y'all up. They didn't even lay a hand on him. Nope, not a single one. Um, Akira didn't go, though. No, she would have put the paws on him. She would have put the paws on him. <laughs> she would have, like, panicked for a second, and he, like, wouldn't have felt the aggression. She was, like, panic, like, ee, and just go, bop, 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 steps, and then he, like, does the little two-finger stab to the eye thing. I don't yeah. know, man, because she's dexterous. I feel like maybe she had crept up on him, and then would have been like, ah, you know, like he said, and then he, like, goes to swing on her, and she's just like, 
and just fucking body snatches the blindfold Ooh. off him. Disclosed. Like doesn't even hit him, just like accidentally because she's so deft. But like, what if she like snatches the blindfold right off his face? Mm. You know, it's just like okay, that's as good as a hit. That's better than a hit. Yeah, just like jumps gracefully over him and just like plucks the blindfold off of his head and lands behind him or something. Man. But yeah, I love uh, Shin's entrance. He comes in with some big dick energy. He's like, oh, this is this is a cool little class. Oh. oh. He's oh, talking about. He's like, how now. about you? If if you, hey, he's like, hey, if you if you can hit me, then I'll leave. But if, hey, you gotta run that info if I, if you if you can't hit me, all right? And this dude's like, what? I pulls out you. the sl- pulls out the strap. He was really about to blow his brains out, dude. That guy's pissed. Do you see the veins sticking out of his face on the bottom of sixteen? Yeah. This guy is stressed. He's like, I'm gonna enjoy killing you. Mm-hmm. And like, damn, that's savage. Like, if he really kills him there, what do they chop that up to? Every student uh, just watched that shit happen. So it's like, it get good. You say like, oh, get good. Oh my get, god, get good or get dead. Like, you came those the options. That, you of came the talking that shit, boy. And you, you ain't bag it up. You don't now have that intuition. But yeah, some some tight shit. He dodges the bullet. Nasty, and then actually like kicks the fuck out of this dude, which was disgusting. He clocked that guy. Yo, he clocked that dude. Straight up, and jump head kicked his ass, bro. Man, I love that, but also like Shin could detect that thought right away, but he couldn't detect anything from Satota Sensei, which is why I think that like the janitor would be like a nice unlock kind of character. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, and she just walks up like, ah, students these days. And when she grabbed his arm, bro, I'm like, oh, oh yo, she's my dog. Yo, I see yeah, that. It was at this moment. He knew. He fucked up. Like, yo. He did not know until he hit that she's ground. Like, like undetectable aggression. She's like, I'm going to show you your place, cocky pucker. Like, don't disrupt my class. Slam <laughs> like, the fuck out of him, bro. Like, yo. Dude, I didn't expect Shin, because he's a good kid, right? Mm-hmm. But I never expected him to be such a delinquent in school. Yeah. He's uh, he's on this, yeah, he's... he's He's, He's on this weird, class. trying to live out his his manga f- school fantasy, delinquent manga school fantasy. Fa- yeah, it's yeah. And it's like, bro, go to class. <laughs> yeah, go to class, you fucking weirdo. But he's on a mission too, obviously. So. I wonder if he's like goes on a mission, and then they like do find the thing. But because he's been a delinquent, they're gonna be like, no, you're gonna have to be here and like take remedial class. He's like, no. <laughs> Let so, me out. And they're like, no, you got to do your classic work, sucker. So I wonder now what like where's this go next chapter? Like, do we see kind of a tit for tat conversation for, from them, or does she just like is she just like there ain't no fucking database? Get the fuck out of my class before I whoop your ass. Or I don't know. Do we to potentially learn that there's a, a way higher level people can block their mind from being read in this next yeah, chapter I, with I Shane not being able to read her be, mind? I think that's going to be broken down for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the. Thing, but I think it's gonna be like it's gonna have the revelation that like good assassins can hide their thoughts like truly solid assassins can like block their thoughts and then it starts becoming like like I mean segue into like people looking around so I think it would go back to like 
Amine looking for the database, mm-hmm. and then maybe going to like Zebo looking for the database, or probably next chapter, probably a little more about Seba and like see what's up with that phone call. But that's really all I have predictions for the next chapter, to be honest. Yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more of this uh, Satota shit. Um, yeah, and I mean some me some Seba shit. Yeah, I would I would like to get some Mafuyu, um exposition. You know, I want to I want to. Um, I'm worried for the boy, man. I'm I can't. Huh, man, she's gonna put him through the ringer. Like she's gonna keep his ass there for a minute. You know. So he's he's he barked up the wrong tree, right? He got too enthusiastic, a little too cocky, and just like he's barked up the wrong tree, and he's gonna have to go to the vet, dude. Like, uh, are we talking about Shane? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I th- I think Satoda's gonna run him ragged for a minute and be like, God damn it, I need to find this thing. She's gonna do his and... ass like fucking the Hulk did Loki in in the Avengers. <laughs> wham wham wham! She's gonna futaba his ass. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. I think, and then it would be like Shin going like, "Hey, I need help," and Akira's just like, "I'll help you." What are you looking for? And then he rings her into that while he's just absolutely like busted up. Mm. I don't know, man. I don't Akira, know. I feel like Satoda's fucking. She about to body Akira too. Maybe. But Maybe. Akira's a good kid and was quiet, so like she might like skate under that presence, dude, and then shouldn't be like, please, please help me. <laughs> yeah. Please, I, I can't feel my legs. <laughs> Man, this dude really just went night night. Like on page eighteen, like this dude is out of there. That kick he He looks like he's just smiling, like sleeping ever so softly, like he got he's out of there, bro. <laughs> oh man, I love this chapter, man. I love Shin, bro. Shin's really coming into his own here in, in this solo. He's feeling himself. Line, he's, he's feeling gonna himself. Be feeling a whole lot more soon, <laughs> man. But I think that's uh, I think that's about all I had for this chapter. I just can't I can't wait to see where this shit goes with Satota. She's she's got me very intrigued. Mm-hmm. I love how cinematic this is. Um, the only thing I have to like touch on, like art wise, that I I really quite liked was. You know, I really liked the big, on page 10, the big calligraphy of the word kill mm. painted on the wall. Mm-hmm. Like the super calligraphic, calligraphic, calligraphic? You know what I'm saying. <laughs> yep. Thing, And then like, kind of the whole, like, we have to blend into our surroundings, cities, people, nature. And I liked that kind of like... The vibe about it. The instructor made sense. Like they all track. Like Ziba and the the instructor, they were spitting straight facts. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. But yeah. Um. Last thing on Satoda, really, and I, I guess it's just kind of a footnote. Um. I like to see the spin on the kind of the trope of the very strong old sensei mentor teacher. Um. You know, character archetype. I like to see the the female spin on it inside of Sakamoto. Yeah, you know, I feel like we don't see that too much. You know, the older, um, very very strong teacher or sensei. Like we see a lot of, you know, manga with some examples of very strong women like Mario Leona or um, Nobara, Maki, young. obviously, but they're all young. You know, yeah, the, most of the older 
strong characters that we see inside of these stories are all males, and so it's it's nice to see a different spin. Uh, actually, I just noticed something. So Satota Senpai uh, Sensei uh, had this moment where uh, they go Tihi. Yeah. I wanted. I made me. It made me. It reminded me mm-hmm. of the fact that the previous chapter, the courtesan that like, like nullified, like Yotsumura's like attack, also went tihi. So like, it might be just like a little nod of like, okay, these are pe- right. these both these people are more than what they appear. Which in an assassin's world is just another edge. Damn, bro. I totally forgot that she also said tee-hee. Coincidence? I think not. That's wild. I'm going back to look at it, bro. Uh, I think it's like page 13. Page 13? Page 12. She did say tee-hee. That's 12. That's 12. Yep. And I was just like... like... And, like, they got super detailed on the both their faces. So I feel like they're going to, like, pop off a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see if we see more of the courtesan. I'm de- I'm in the same boat as you, dude. I'm excited to see what some of these teachers got to show. Because, like, so far it's been Sakamoto and Shin stunting on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to see, like, a proper instructor disciplinarian, like, yeah. really... Show him ropes. Take him to take him to take him to test. You know, like, look, you can't just be running around the school doing whatever you want. Get your bitch ass to class. I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. You, database, but you ain't even in my class. Bing, 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 bing. Get the fuck out of here. That shit's important. You think we want to give you just all that information? Hell no. Hell no. That gender has plenty to do. We don't need him wasting his time. <laughs> I'm dead. Janitor's busy, bitch. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about all I have. Do you see her. how big this this Pilius is? He's busy cleaning shit. Like. For real. I bet. I hope he's not by himself, cause goddamn. But yeah, that's uh, that's about all I had for Sakamoto this week. I think. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter one hundred and thirty-nine of Mission Yozakura Family Gold Rank Spy Shooter. And I love, love, love the Shura focus this chapter, man. I was obviously like. Like I stated a few chapters ago, that upon first meeting them, Shura and Ryu caught my interest most. And then, you know, as we've kind of moved down the line further, the sleeping bag chick and the pantsuit chick and also the science guy have kind of caught my eye the more so. But Mm -hmm. initially, I loved and was very interested in Shura and I still like her a lot. So the fact that we got to learn, you know, a lot more about her and and her backstory this chapter... um, Definitely, like definitely gave her character a lot more depth and it, made me like her even more. And, and it kind of explored her and Futaba's bond as well. So this chapter slapped, man. I really liked this chapter a lot overall. Man, I really like that we started off with, like, the strongest personalities that stood out. And mm-hmm. I like that they thoroughly explained Futaba's bond. Period. Yeah. And I was like, this is cool. Like, sure, like, the fact that, like, Shura is, like, ni- over 90% of their body is a weapon. Yeah. They have, they barely have skin. 
dude-like. Yeah. Well, and, and I remember speculating that, too, because um, we, we noticed right away that that her weaponry's aesthetic looked very, very similar to, like, Shinzo's. And the kind of the weaponry that he uses that's, like, the geometrical, like, blocky, like, Roblox fucking shit. And, uh, and I was like, maybe she's, like, got that same kind of technology and weaponry, but it's integrated into her body more than it is with Shinzo. And, and that's pretty much exactly what we got here. So, yeah, super fucking tight to see. While it is also very, like, gut-wrenching and, and sad to see her backstory and how it was, man. Like, fuck. Straight up depressing, man. Like, but I think it's interesting, kind of like, the idea of, like, a killing machine that is dead inside being, like, revitalized by something that is, like, so naturalized, like, natural in the form of, like, key. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's, like, she couldn't be taken down by, like, normal mechanical means, right? Like, if you talk, like, the classic soldier idea, right? Like, weaponry didn't work against her. It was mm-hmm. literally just the bare hand human touch that, like, undid her resolve and, like, cracked that sort of, like, hardened, dead, like, unfeeling shell that she had put up around herself to protect her from the trauma of, like, massacring people and going through all these, like, cybernetic enhancements. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that is tight that the key kind of like... Futaba's key literally like reawakened her emotions. Mm-hmm. Man. And that's why she loves Futaba's because she's like, I haven't felt. Period. This, yeah. I've never felt this much in my entire life. <laughs> that's a terrifying thing to think about. And like, but it makes sense that she's just like, oh yeah, whatever, I'll just kill him. And like... It's like that mentality, because did you ever, did you play like the recent God of War game? I am like, I own it, but I haven't started it because I'm a fucking bum. Hey, okay, well, do you mind if I like say something? It's part of it, it's... Sure, it yeah, I mean, like it's been years, story. I can't, I can't okay, justifiably cool. say don't spoil <laughs> it at this point. The I don't mind, you know, I, I want like you to enjoy the game, you know. But like, part of like, one of the enemy's things is Balder. He's based off the Norse god Balder. He's basically like Achilles, right? He yeah. like his his mother wanted to keep make him invincible, protect him from harm. <coughs> well, Mello's having a coughing attack, so we'll just fill a little bit of air right here. It's no worries. Um, another thing I really liked about this chapter was the fact that we got this like this um, San San. God damn, I can't remember the dark chair. We got this dark Sakurambo. chair that had the Sakuranbo that had been like killed in the fucking lunchroom that um that Izumi not Izumi but Izumo and um Kyoichiro were looking at. And they're like, damn, we didn't kill this one. Somebody fucked it up though, and it looks like they're not too happy with the Ozakura family. So, you know, we got dissidents even within like the spy organization here just moving around on the daily. Mm-hmm. So like this this is somebody that saw this popping off and like was capable of doing this shit and was just like, man, brah, fuck this shit. I know they're behind this somehow because they, they probably obviously saw the Momo video and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I was see. another very interesting to see. Can't wait to get more exposition on that. Um, you know, people working against the family from the shadows and shit like enemy of my enemy is my friend. I don't know. 
Yeah, I think it's crazy that that Sakurabo got impaled by stools. Yeah, like crucified to the wall with desks, stools. It'd be like, I that just sounds so painful, right? Mm. But like immense strength going on that stuff. It's crazy to me. But the part that I like going back. Yeah. To what I touched on. Ah, uh, dang. I don't remember what I was saying. Um, we were That's talking about it. we were talking about the 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 key reawakening her emotions. And oh, Balder, yes, yes, Balder. So, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so Balder was invincible, right? Yeah. So he couldn't be hurt by the cold. He couldn't be hurt by heat. He couldn't think. He literally couldn't feel anything, and it literally drove him insane. Mm. And so he just started doing whatever he wanted because he's like, uh, I just I want feel. to feel. And he couldn't. And it was just escalating and driving that. And like he resented his mother for like putting this curse on his existence. Dang. And I was like, crazy, man. So like I totally. It, it, that kind of feeling. Like, lack of feeling is own, its own hell of its own. Like, being hurt is bad. No one enjoys being hurt. Asterisk, with exceptions. But, like, not feeling anything. Complete sensory deprivation. That just feels like a fresh hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. No, sure is a really cool character. I, I love their near automata, like gothic cyber lolita kind of like fuck yeah vibes that they got yeah i love i love shura as well <coughs> the, and i love the dynamic between her and futaba a lot yeah oh man but like page page 14 like the the doki doki heart eyes motherfucker through her like borg optical lens mm -hmm. is hilarious to yeah, me yeah fuck yeah it's just like Goofy, because she's so, like, her whole aesthetic is, like, the Borg, near Automata, like, um, Warlock from X-Men, that weird, like, yellow, black and yellow, like, stretchy, like, technological organism. And I was just like, man, this is goofy as hell, but, like, makes sense. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. They sold it pretty well. They sold <coughs> it pretty well. Um, and the art here on page 12 as well, like, with, um... Insurance inside yeah. of Shura's like face and aesthetic while she's just absolutely tilted. Man, that's like oof. That's some some scary art. Dude, I would not want that running at me Terminator style down the highway. Like I would be like, well, I'm fucked. <laughs> like yeah. call it a day, guys. Snap my neck and stick a fork in me. I am done. Like Yeah, the malice there is just oof. Futaba just calmly too, just dealing with it. Mm. Yeah. Slap so hard. And yeah, it's because like she doesn't feel anything, so it's just like, well, you know, killing everybody, like, grants them like stimulation, right? It, like that was their form of like psychological enrichment. That's terrifying. Like, you know how like cats and stuff, like they'll just start destroying stuff if they're not being taken care of, if they're not entertained, or like having their like emotional, like mental needs for stimulation met. Yeah. So like seeing that in a young Shura, it's just like, man, lots of little things that just kind of like lapped up together and like it just tracked. 
to me. Mm -hmm. So, like, I love this chapter. I'm really excited to see who crucified uh, the Sakuranbo with fucking office furniture. Like, that I want to see. And I wonder if it's the sleeping bag person. Yeah. Well, no. The sleeping bag person? She was in the garden with the with the coat lady in the greenhouse, and they're oh, see, like in a completely different area. Like they enter this area and they're like, "No one has checked here yet, right?" And there's a shit ton of them dead. Um, like it's uh, not just right, the one. Right. They fucking whoever did this slaughtered like all of these Sakurambo in the room here, and it's a lot of them. Yeah, um, you're right. Because I forgot about the previous chapter where they were just like together. So I'm like, hmm. I wonder if, if you think it might be the mysterious figure that we thought was G. Mm. I mean, like, it definitely it could, could be one way or another, whether that person is, you know, whether the person, the mysterious figure in the chair is that person um, or not. I definitely think that the person behind this is the person that Kyoichiro was referring to, you know, however long ago. When he was telling, um, I believe Mutsumi and Tyre or whoever, that uh, you know there's there's people or forces that are working against the Yozakura family from the shadows. You know they're trying to take us down. They're trying to hurt us. This, that, and the third. So yeah, I, I think, you know, like you said, I'm just I, I want to learn more about who did this. I want this exposition. Give it to me now. <laughs> I don't know. Overall, I, I I didn't think I had too much more from for this chapter of Yozakura. This was honestly a very straightforward one. I mean, sure, is a little bit of a perv, but like, it's pretty tame. Like, yeah, sure is a sure is a page sixteen. Sixteen? What about it? Page sixteen. Can I be Kutaba's your fucking face? <laughs> Just like it. Excuse me? <laughs> just we were just scrapping, bro. It's like, like to I the was, death. I wanted to beat you down. You were a rampaging murder machine, and now you're like, can I be your friend? Ooh-woo. And it's just like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> what, what in the nine hells? What the, the hell fuck? changed? Like, we, yeah, we were literally just scrapping to can the we death. Be friends? The can malice we be friends? on your face two pages ago, bro. You're enjoying that fight, though. It's crazy. Hell yeah. Dude, she's straight up Doc, Dr. Octopus up in this shit when she's transitioning from, like, page 17 and, like, 16, uh, uh, 17 to 18. Yep. Just straight up Doc Ock just destroying everything. And I'm like, God, you're so, you're so tough. You're so broken. I love Shrek. Like, Alexandria, you still scarier to me. Futaba probably has like a, a fair bit of it, you know, perception in terms of like the emotional breakthrough with Shura as well, which is why she, you know, plays along for it um, because she knows probably, you know, that before she obviously could tell like she was just a rampaging killing machine and then all of a sudden something changed. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, you know what? You're not trying to kill everything. So, like, it's, We're chilling. it's a bonus. It's a bonus. Mm-hmm. Man, but like, Shura's face on page five 
is just a me- she's a menace. <laughs> yeah. She's a she is a fucking she's, she's a menace. She's in love with fucking Futaba man. Absolutely. Head over heels. A big snuggly hug. If she had any natural heels left, she'd be over them, you know, head over. For real. Um, right. Nah. Well, she's got the goofy. one foot, like, right? She's got the one foot. True, true. Uh, I think it was shown in page eight. Yeah, and on page, yeah, page eight, yep. She got the one real leg. Alright, alright. Head over heel. Adept. <laughs> um, but I do like Futabu, like, the kind of, like, if there's no benefit in me winning, I'm not playing. A firm but fair Futaba, you know? Right. Uh, I'm not playing. And then she's just like, oh, so you're about to lose? And just goading her into it, and she's like, alright. Futaba starts going hard. Hell yeah. But I love this chapter, Yozakura Family. Pretty strong chapter, but again, pretty straightforward. 49 minutes until the bombs detonate. Um, less and less time, obviously. You know, we're, things are getting a little bit more butt-clenchy. So we're going to see how things play out. Um, see whether they'll have to evacuate it in five minutes or not. Next chapter, we may learn more about, like, kind of what the actual plan is. Because, you know, um, we kind of broke away from the realization that they had at the end of last chapter. That it doesn't really seem like what he said is happening is actually what's happening. You know, so. Yeah, I feel like he's tricking them. And, like, it would be on par for Momo even in his, like, acts of contrition and, like, so-called remorse and saying, I'm sorry, family, he's still lying to them. He knows that they don't trust him and they are, like, he's still, like, manipulating them, even through his apologies, and I'm like, Momo, you fucking scumbag. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that about does it uh, for this chapter. All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump into the second to last chapter of the night. My Hero Academia chapter 360, despite it all. And man, I think, dude, like the speech, bro, that Shigaraki is is like the words that he's fucking hucking at Bakugo at the beginning of this chapter, bro. Like Mm -hmm. basically just telling him that no matter first of all he says that like having his quirk erased in this in this situation is actually a blessing in disguise because he would have normally just decayed everybody but now Midoriya is going to come here and see your corpse and I'm going to really get that anger out of him and, and get him on tilt and like he's really going to see your mangled like beat up fucking body that I've fucking beaten to a pulp and fucking Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. 
Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Uh, and then he goes into Man. telling him like, no matter what you do, like as much as you, no matter, no matter how much you admire your heroes, no matter how much drive you have, no matter what you do, no matter how much tenacity, he's like, you're always just going to be a minnow in one for all's wake. Basically just telling him that he's destined to be the endeavor of his generation. And, uh, yeah. And it's just like, man, that was such a fucking savage moment from Shigaraki. And I mean, guess, I guess just to jump around a little bit, it was really nice to see that that didn't, you know, break Bakugo's will and that even through that, as best genus says, no matter what, despite everything, he's still like persevering. He's still maintaining that drive and that tenacity, that mental like stealing of his resolve and like even growing through this situation, which, you know, I might, I guess we might as well talk about it, you know, now that I've kind of jumped us to it. Yeah. The fact that he's about to evolve his quirk again. Yeah, no. Because the um, sweat coming off of his face is now exploding. Sparking. And it's it's, sparking. And it's been stated that the limitations of his quirk are that he can only explode the sweat that comes from his arms, and his, or maybe even just his, his hands, his palms, or something like that. Yes. It was from the, the sweat from the palms of his hands. Yeah. Or that all his sweat is nitroglycerin. <coughs> and so there is that. Um, his, Bakugo's quirks and like his personality are so tied to his quirk it's really interesting mm-hmm. that because like nitroglycerin right like I, I was raised by old people and so like they took nitroglycerin for their heart it's a blood thinner so yep. uh, nitroglycerin is a blood thinner and so I remember someone saying a theory about why Bakugo and his mom are so f***ing hyped and aggro all the time is because if they didn't, the nitroglycerin that their body produces would basically cause them to pass out. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So they gotta always operate on that, like, high frequency, that high energy. Yeah, that high octane right there, you know? Um, The thing that I thought was really interesting here is that, like, um, with Bakugo, All for one is talking about him being like a minnow in the hand in the all in the quirks uh, path, right? Like a minnow in one for all's wake. Mm-hmm. That the quirk itself is what causes the splash, not the people that use it to create a splash, right? He he views people in terms of quirks. He does not see the individual. Uh, if he does see an individual, he only sees it as a weakness to exploit, right? He believes that the quirk is the most valuable thing, and that human emotion, uh, vengeance, compassion, all these things, the human aspect of the person that wields the quirk is a liability that can be exploited. Yeah. And it, it kind of, like, throws back to the original concepts of, like, Bakugo and Deku's relationship, right? where initially Bakugo thought the same thing, that quirks were what made people value, that people without quirks should do last chance dive off the roof and try to hope for a better reincarnation. And then at the end of the series, 
Bakugo isn't doing so like it's not specifically that his quirk is evolving it is but um the fact that he's holding on and doing the same thing that he used to mock Deku for the real strength of what his resolve has like culminated and shown him is that he is crying he is drooling he is sweating but he's so focused on absorbing and articulating and planning and like reading the opponent the thing that made Deku Deku was his powers of analysis, mm-hmm. and now Bakugo is embracing the thing that he made fun of Deku forever, right? He's like, oh, why are you studying all these people? Why are you analyzing all these people? And the thing is, that was the most important thing in this fight for it, to truly analyze and read all for Shigaraki, you know? Um, yeah, this is literally like... A direct almost like mirroring or juxtaposition of that like you just said like now that i'm thinking about it like this is literally shigaraki is bakugo bakugo is deku at the beginning yep, of the series yep. and he's like looking down on him telling him he's not shit he'll never be shit and he's like bakugo is literally like on his hands and knees like oh, that's so yeah. that's fucking that's laps and it's heavy it, it's heavy it hurts like best genus is basically Bakugo's version of All Might, right? He's like, "Hey man, give up," right? He's like, "Dude, it's okay to give up. This guy is way too strong." And like All Might, when he first met Deku, he's like, "Hey man, give up. It's it's too hard. It's too difficult." And then reinforcing the idea that a hero overcomes adversity. That even I think that the presence of heroism is the idea that like it's not about overcoming adversity it's that you face adversity regardless if you think you can win yeah. that you have to at least try yeah. and i think that's the nice core aspect of like the my hero kind of universe in this moment in the face of overwhelming odds you can still try that even the smallest action such as like reading out your opponent and like seeing them truly is like able to make a difference yeah and like it made me think about how deku fought bakugo in like the first training thing and he would say he would do the same thing faint for the right he's gonna swing heavy here and it's literally just full circle and bakugo is going to be the endeavor of the of the series he is his generation's endeavor one that is not going to result to a quirk marriage and like inflict all that suffering just to catch up with someone that he once viewed as inferior or above or below him you know he does yeah. he's trying not to view that thing he's like i'm it's not about inferiority it's not about superiority it's about what is capable in the moment um and I think that would be like a great redemption. It's a general generational redemption, right? Like a breaking of generational co- curses kind of moment for that. And uh, Siva Akil in our special grade Discord uh, channel was talking about he believes that like that Bakugo with this uh, quirk evolution with the sparking of sweat all along his body mm-hmm. is going to have access to prominence burn <clears throat> style abilities and that by ha- being completely covered in sweat he might be able to swing his arm and just cause explosions yeah well like, I was saying it would be cool to see him like um, developed a range style technique where he could like have delayed explosions and like 
whip beads of sweat off of his body and they would be delayed explosions and then go out like 20 feet and like explode in people's faces and shit. I wonder if it would be a thing where he's like doing explosions but then also swings like the droplets of sweat splash sets an explosion and because it is nitroglycerin it literally catches along the arm like he starts doing like it'd be like oh god it sounds bizarre in my head but like best genus whipping around Bakugo just drenched in sweat because of the fight that he's had to endure and just kind of sprinkling Shigaraki with like a little bit of sweat just like you know a uh, little sweat bay, just like, bah, 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 yeah. like just you know, spritzing him and then hitting him with like a almost like a kamikaze, you know, endeavor style prominence burn to kind of like mirror endeavors fight against all for one's old body. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm expecting out of Bakugo. I just think it's very powerful. This is like the the whole analysis thing was really what saved me. I mean, not saved me, but like really won me the spot for like this is my most hyped chapter of the week yeah. um whew. there and like i feel like all for one's pretty much in control right he's doing elements right where he's talking down he's using like the verbiage there's only one time it's like shigaraki you always see the left side of his face yep you see the left side of his face where all that stuff's going on. And the only time they show him responding with the right side of his face showing here is when he talks to Lamillion on pages 10 and 11. Yeah. He says something that isn't like, you know, really verbose. He literally says, I remember your stupid face from Jaku. And then when he asks him why do you destroy, he uses like all for one's verbiage, saying, because the current framework is destroyed, has failed. And you can see that, like, his face is, like, the, the correct, like, the all-for-one side. And the burnt side is, like, Shigaraki's face. The, the ruined part of his face is, like, kind of connoting Shigaraki's, like, responses. Yeah. Because he says, you've never had any friends. And then that actually rattles him. More than death threats. More than, like, grandiose, like you know, retorts. It's like, you think that the system's failed because you've never connected with anyone. Of yeah. course you would think it would fail. You've you've led the loneliest existence in the world. No wonder you want to destroy everything. Yeah. You don't, you've never been exposed to the joys of something that would be worth taking care of. You were literally born into an unfortunate circumstance like where your quirk manifested in a way where you killed your entire family with it. And now you were tossed out into like a lonely ass, you know, a, a despair filled existence where you were then taken in and manipulated and cultivated to be this ultimate fucking uh, uh, body transfer fucking dummy. Mm -hmm. And you've never seen the good side of life, bro. Like you've literally only ever seen darkness. Like you. Yeah. Or I will. Yo, you, you've been in the dark. I was raised in it, head ass. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. I get it. And I genuinely, like, looping back to several chapters ago, um, and I know we've talked about this on the, the podcast before, but I, I genuinely believe that All for One set up 
the entire situation of Shigaraki's home life and like the manifestation of his quirk. Like, gave him that quirk. I think that Shigaraki was initially a quirkless child, so that he was adapt a, a good vessel, like Deku, for something so massive as All for One, or One for All. Cool. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just think about, like, kind of the duality and thing going on. Because, like, on page 8... My body continues to adapt. Screw away like insects. Nothing can break me down. It's all for one. Like, OG all for one. Just living out his big bag demon lord fantasies. Yeah. And the way he speaks, as opposed to, like, the other ones. Yeah, that was... That was crazy, but, uh... Yeah, on that note, you know, when when Nedre came in with the pike, that was fucking sick, but... Savage, how he's just like, puts Bakugo in the way, like, go ahead, stab your mans. And then, uh, yeah, Tamaki comes in with the vast hybrid, the octopus, mirage Chameleon, plus yeah. Scorpius toxin, um, and he's just like, oh, venom, and his shoulder like literally like barfs the venom out, which, oh, I didn't see that. That's a great catch. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. I just, I don't know. This this body metamorphosis shit is, is wild, man. Disgusting. Um, dude, I love the art that comes in. Like, as a person who has artist friends, drawing hands is a, such a pain. Like, Horikoshi is just straight flexing on everybody. Like, how many fingers and hands he's built. Yeah. Into this, like every, almost every scene, going with the Shigaraki fights, like they're so detailed. Toes and shit too, man. Like some of these look like toes. Yes, toes, eyes. The fact that, like, when they started, like, as soon as he like vomited out that poison that you pointed out, and like the follow up of like all of his extensions suddenly growing massive mouths to bite horrifying and the fact that like tamaki something that eats a lot of creatures almost gets swallowed up the irony is palpable right like there's sheer terror in the thing like the like i think it'd be terrifying to have like a quirk that's like yeah i eat things and then being eaten would be a horrifying fate because you intimately know what the process of digestion because you have to know your quirk you have to hone it too, so like that terror would be like so real. Mm-hmm. And Tamaki's not like—I wouldn't say he's like a cowardly person, but he's not like a particularly brave person. He's always been kind of a shy individual. So like, I could see like terror being very real for him. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. And then Mirio just kind of swoops in, yoinks Bakugo from fucking Shigaraki, which is crazy. Just like literally boop, plucks him out of his hand here on page nine. Mm-hmm. And just yoinks him like, here you go, best genus. Um, and then that heads into kind of the, you know, like what you said, the, I remember your stupid face from Jaku. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, yeah Mirio, you know, does this combo move with, with Nejiray, where she kind of augments his arm with the... Um, with the cyclone or spirals, shit, yeah. the spiral shit, and uh, 
the energy waves. And yeah, just fucking sock Shigaraki and his shit. Which Man, I love. Somebody was saying almost. in the Twitch chat for my live reaction that you called last on the last review or something like that. You said, that yeah, you I I really wanted to see some like physical like teamwork combos being used by the big three. Um, like, I'm kind of wondering what's gonna happen with like Tamaki because like it'd be really interesting if if he's backed into a corner, he eats like one of the fingers, like a la Yuji Itadori and like temporarily has access to like this weird mutation ability that Shigaraki's new form has because Tamaki's like I can replicate the things that I digest and like he did it with the Yakuza right the guy the gemstone guy so he can build inorganic objects so like if he can build inorganic objects he could definitely you know get powers from non-food-based organisms. Yeah. And I mean, technically, that inorganic object came off a human, so, like, he's already eaten people. A little bit. Hopefully yeah. he doesn't get that, like, weird cannibalism disease that affects the brain. Like, one of the reasons why, like, people shouldn't resort to cannibalism, period, like, yeah, like, murder, usually. But, like, it can cause, like, a, a, like a degenerative, like, disease in the brain like like the the chemicals in the human body like kind of wow. like interact that way it's like our our bodies are not meant to consume each other in that way Dang. yeah Interesting. crazy huh? i don't remember what the name of the thing is um i know i remember hearing about it when they were talking about like expeditions forces getting lost in like the arctic wilderness and then like coming back and it's like one dude survived by eating the rest of them and he's just kind of crazy not like yeah crazy from like the trauma and like the whole ordeal but also like like in here because of his diet yeah so that's crazy to me um did mirio get an upgrade um in what sense and like quirk wise, did he get a sort, or did he did he fine tune his ability to the point that because he's like I'm he's basically you know Nigeria's like wave delivery system, right? So is he allowing the wave to travel with him? Like he's able to touch it and like also make it intangible until the point of impact. Because is that is that the way he managed to like? grab Bakugo and have him slip literally intangibly outside of his like ability did he expand it to things outside his physical person right because he's because like the costume changes but it, it was also made out of fibers like based off his hair yeah. right that outfit was made based off his hair so that it could turn intangible so that the fact it, well, that like yeah, he so that lost his quirk and regained it, yeah. So like, but like he's delivering the waves, which is definitely not a physical object, which is also like not, you know, part of his body. But he's delivering it. He's passing through a lot of stuff, and it's remaining intact until the point of contact where he hits, strikes him in the chest. So and I wondered like, did he like use that on Bakugo? Did he use it on the like waves and stuff like? I just wonder. It makes like I wonder how 
his quirk continues to function. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say whether he just catches it on his arm and, and like... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. She can, maybe it's a control thing on Nejire's side where she doesn't, she doesn't want it to hurt Mirio. So she, I don't know. It's tough to say exactly what the functionality there is. It's a cool combo. They're really shoring up for their own weaknesses. Like, Tamaki is a nice, like, stealth surprise striker, like Mirio is as well. And, like, it makes me think about how Nijiri's, uh waves abilities can also be delivered by Tamaki. Like, I think it'd be interesting if they did a similar thing, and then Tamaki, having eaten a lizard, like, detaches one of his limbs, like a lizard's tail, to escape... Mm-hmm. And it just like he just fl- like like just like pulls off like it, they grab part of his arm and he just fucking like pulls off his arm to escape and then like has the Jiri's like wave wrap around it like Mirio's arm and he uses like a club and just like smacks him in the face or something like that mm-hmm. like I would love to see something like that be because wild. there's so many interesting quirks in the Animal Kingdom and how like evolutionary little gimmicks to like survive and stuff so like I really hope Sun Eater survives this combat for sure yeah yeah tamaki yeah i hope he survives i don't know i don't i don't, I don't particularly really want any of them to die but it seems like you Same. know they definitely could i don't know i mean they're going against the end boss it's and like this war has had a lot of casualties so if if not like death they're definitely going to be scarred like jiro like a racer head. Like I don't think they're gonna come out of this like scrap unscathed, to be yeah. honest. I mean but look at Bakugo, like live. his right arm is gone. It's out of there. And there's right side of his face is fucked up too, man. He looks like he might have I mean his eye, his right arm. eye, like he might be blind in one eye. We don't see his pupil yeah, at all in his left eye. I don't at any I don't point. see his pupil. And he got hit in the face with the Shigaraki's heel, right? He did a thing where he kicked him up and then immediately, like, grabbed him by the throat and, like, did an axe kick down mm-hmm. into his face. And then, like... Well, he axe kicked like, his wrist and broke his other gauntlet. Mm-hmm. I think is how I saw it happen. Because you see him grab him by the hair, flicks him up, grabs his throat, and then, like, axe kicks down, and that's when his other gauntlet breaks. Because you can see, 
in that middle panel up top, he's still got the grenade gauntlet on the left hand, and then the, the kick comes down yeah. and it shatters the gauntlet. His right hand's fucked. His right arm is just pulped at this moment. Like, there's a lot of broken bones in that boy. Yeah. Um, he He's even more like Deku than ever before. Like, his arms are ruined, he's reduced to focusing on analysis, he's being overwhelmed by a person that believes that quirks make the man kind of thing. And I'm like, wow, he's really having a major Deku moment, fuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, getting a real view from the other side of the coin, man. Mm -hmm. I love that. And this is a growth point, major growth point. Um, at first... There was a thing where, like, he's saying, you're a hanger-on, a minnow in all-for-one's wig. Which is why when I, like, Najir wave, and it was called pike, I thought it was, like, the fish pike. Yeah. Until I was like, oh, that's silly. It's literally, like, a lance, because yeah. it, is a, it is a pike spiral. Um, but at the same time, it could turn, so, like, I don't know. I really dig Tamaki's little, like, crouch and design. When he's, like, going for the vast hybrid. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I think he went full chameleon. That's, like, also thinking about, like, man, they really went all out for his budget, his dietary budget. Like, I wouldn't want to eat a chameleon. They seem, like, stringy, gamey. Like, I'd get more meat off a goddamn squirrel, you know? Like, <sighs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Legs are like, too thick. Back legs, though. That's cool, though. Uh, though, eating bugs is all the rage. That's fair. I went to, like, a night market, like, food stalls in Hangzhou once. And I had, like, a fried scorpion on a stick. Dang. Just greasy as shit. It's like a potato chip of legs. Really? Like, kettle chips? It tastes like a chip. It tastes like a kettle chip. Like, you don't really taste like it's a bug. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. Fried so, like, scorpion. So it was, like, breaded? No, it was like a, it was like fried in oil just and then the on a stick, meat. just on it like like a teriyaki stick on a kebab kind of thing, just yeah. deep fat fried. And I was just like, you know what? This is okay. Not great. It's kind of a vibe, but like, it's okay. Yeah, that's hilarious. And I know like crickets. Like I've had like someone buy me like a box of crickets for like a gag gift, and they're like, here you go, bud. And I'm like, I'm. I'll eat these. They're crunchy. They're very crunchy. Kind of gritty. But, like, they're alright. Hmm. <laughs> man, do you... Do you... You played... Oh, man, you played so much Elden Ring. Do you not get, like, Godric the Grafted vibes off of Shigaraki right now in this fight? Um, you know, I actually... Like, design-wise. I don't know that I got that far into Elden Ring to get to, get to Godric. <laughs> That's fair, because like they also had like but, a I lot mean, of like massive hands and fingers yeah. and stuff. Overall, We've I definitely like... am getting big like Elden Ring vibes. Now that you say that, like mm -hmm. he's looking like fucking uh, one that I did face was Margit. Yeah, I just I just feel like I like a lot of Elden Ring vibes in this like me like the recent fights, and I know we had that with um like uh, Mikula. Um, wait, no. The the one lady, Morellis? The, like, Scarlet Rot lady? Because we had that reference in Rip during Undead Unluck with, like, the, the like, prosthetic arm blade kind of thing going there. 
So I think it's interesting that multiple mangaka were like, yeah, this is a major game that dominated the scene for, like, several months. Like, yeah, I'm gonna put a reference there in there. Like, that's a really cool thing. And I like how artists kind of absorb things in their, like, media environment. Like, their immediate media environment and, like, mm -hmm. kind of put the stuff that they find cool into the stories. And I'm like, this is good. I like this. I like this a lot. It's grotesque. It's fantastic. Body horror. Fuck yeah. Mm hmm. Very cool chapter. Very happy yeah. with it. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see, you know, what happens next chapter. I want to know where fucking Deku's at. What was up with those dots that were pulling up on him? What the hell's going on? But, uh. I hope it's the Star and Stripes. I thought that Fly might boys. have been it as well, yeah. I, I'm in your camp, man. I'm in your camp. I believe you're onto something. I think that those guys are going to be like, we're the hero taxi to service. Let's go. Like,. Oh, yeah. Need an escort, and they're like, Pulling God, I'm tired of you. That mm -hmm. would be what they really would need. Pulling up with some more, you know, world number one heroes from other countries that were like, all right, fuck it, now this is real. We got to deal with this dude. Ooh, so we know that, like, Deku has a quirk similar to, like, um, the Phantom Troops' Cyclonic Ripper, you know, where he has, like, coil and everything. What if he holds on to, like, the edge of the um, plane as it flies, and they do a spin, and he stores the kinetic energy into that as they do, like, a big spin and just drops out of it while he's completely upside down, and then uses that stored force to, like, do, like, a devastating, like, you know, United States of Smash kind of punch, mm -hmm. and have, like, that I am here moment. I'm waiting. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I can't wait for Deku to pull up and hit that. Watashi <laughs> Nakita! Yeah. Mm. But yeah, that's, that's honestly about... all I have for this. Yeah, that's about all I had for this chapter of My Hero as well. All right, well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into the final chapter of the night. Chapter 1054 of One Piece. <laughs> Flame Emperor, and uh, man, crazy to get the the Akazaya. Like they're like, oh shit, we got the Admiral pulling up, bro. We got to go confront this man, this man's. And I don't know. <laughs> My first thought when I seen him was like, alright, like chill out, like bro, we gotta get somebody a little more serious in here to deal with with green bull because like the akazaya i don't know if they got it <laughs> but then we i mean did, these are yeah we did get yamato kind of pull up and say like all right i'm here too but um what were you gonna say man i really enjoyed this like the color spread with like the four new emperors of the sea oh was yeah really we didn't go into the color spread yeah Dude, nah, I love it. And I like that the there's um the four emperors and like the numbers overlaid with like the English four. Yep. Um, and man, I like that like Shanks is like smiling in this one for once. So like I wanna see how that kind of like transitions. Cause I wonder if he's going to like get to that point you know what i mean yeah like if he's gonna be grinning with the rest of them 
or like where that is because he started out like we saw shanks in like the last couple chapters and like he was like very grim and we were wondering like oh all three of them are smiling except for shanks is this a death flag but now he's like got that slight smile and i want to see it over the next couple chapter next so many chapters if his smile gets bigger and bigger as he approaches one piece because that's crazy he's making his move he's like oh everyone's distracted with everything going on in wano and luffy and stuff i i'm gonna make my move this this seems like prime time to like slip by unnoticed and like do my dirt you know yeah definitely that was crazy to see and it's it's yeah i mean I don't know. It, it's hard to articulate my thoughts on the whole thing because the way the panel is presented, this panel of him saying, like, I think it's time to make our move. Let's claim the one piece. It looks very, very ominous, obviously. And it, mm-hmm. it almost makes you think, like, there's been a lot of theories over the years and speculation that Shanks has been, you know, a, a low key antagonist in the background this whole time and that he's going to pop his head up like, ah, ah, ah one day you know what i'm saying so i'm thinking this this panel's got me thinking like damn bro what if shanks has really been just low-key on some dirty dog shit this whole time but he could obviously you know like some people were saying to me he doesn't necessarily have to be a villain he could just be like making his move, a third party like you said while everybody's distracted with what's going on in wano what's going on with this uh this news as far as the revolutionaries go he's like now's our time you know it's interesting right now. Luffy's out here doing his thing. He told me he was going to be better than us. Let's do our thing. Man. It's yeah. a nice little, like... <sighs> what was... I mean, it's okay. So, like, as far as the revolutionary goes, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of want to go back to the to the beginning yeah, of the let's, chapter let's a skip more. back to the beginning uh as far as the green bull shit goes we dude, get the actual green bull seems like a fuckhead a fuckhead yeah he seems like an asshole he's like oh you have no human rights here like i'm just gonna slaughter as many of you as possible he's got um, that authoritarian justice yeah that authoritarian like a, justice goddamn ash him and he is an I he is an Akainu fan. We know this, so he's got like authoritarian, like absolute justice. Yeah, but as this far as his devil fruit goes, you know, we get the seeming, we seem, we get the seeming uh, reveal of the actual devil fruit here from him, like from the horse's mouth, groves of wrath. Like we, I'm a woodsman with the power of the woods, woods fruit, um, a nature logia, which. Obviously, a lot of people had speculated. I personally thought this was like the least likely possibility because it just feels so fucking weird. Like, how can, like, Logias are supposed to be like intangible elements. Like, that's not a tree, like nature, like plant plant life is all tangible. Like, but at the same time, and when you destroy it, like that's, it's, it's. It's life, you know? I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, yeah, but, like, have you seen, like, parts of, like, Detroit that get reclaimed by nature and stuff? Like, the abandoned buildings in Detroit? Like, yeah. those things just, like, grew out of the cracks in the concrete and just, like, grew over abandoned buildings and, like, oh, yeah. took it over. So, like, I feel like there's an element of 
that nature is an element in of itself because like if we go for like like um like chinese taoism right there's like water earth metal fire uh wood right those are part of the five major elements etc etc um and then also at the same time um we as a culture and society like we live in 2022 right like like deforestation like people it's like um how do i phrase this like hanami in jujutsu kaisen right a curse is strong based on the fear of it right whereas like some people are still afraid of getting lost in the woods you said it yourself like i don't feel like it's a part of um like an element or anything like a like an intangible thing because we have a different relationship to nature and the woods like we are modern people and so that tend to view the woods as like like in a capitalist lens a resource lumber yeah. uh, building blocks something to be destroyed and utilized so like that's probably why we don't like we wouldn't see the wood as an element whereas i feel like in asia there's a little more like a mythological aspects that are tied to the woods period and also the idea that like being one with nature right like a lot of like chinese and japanese like architecture is focused on like coexisting with nature so i could see them having a very specific and different view of wood especially japan right because they weren't a place that was like big on metal so a lot of their or concrete so like a lot of their early buildings and a lot of architecture there was so much stuff built out of wood everything yeah. was built out of wood their armor was made out of wood and wicker so like having a plant be like plant matter and stuff being so heavily utilized in pretty much everything that they use it makes sense to me you know what i mean yeah i mean i don't know it's just it's, it just feels so weird like how i don't know like how can a plant how can a woods tree be a lobia? it's just so strange it's so strange <laughs> that's he gets fair. a part of his body blown out it's just i mean it's i guess it would function like the ice fruit like a, like a aokiji's but yeah um, i don't know it it'd be kind of interesting for that because like um i think about how Knox talked about Flame of Rekka a couple episodes of the go, and there was a bad guy in Flame of Rekka. He had the wood element talisman. He could create things, and he did things where he created roots and like stabbed people with it, and could like turn his skin hard as bark and solid as an oak, and he'd be hard to kill. And he was literally like a weed. Like they tried to kill his ass so many times, and he just came coming back like regenerating and like becoming more and more plant man than human yeah and uh he was a bloodthirsty son of a bitch so like i think it's interesting that like in one piece the theme of plant man still being a bloodthirsty son of a bitch is like tracking so for me it was like a really easy thing to accept um the part that i really didn't like about uh green bull is how he views that he genuinely believes that the celestial dragons are gods yeah. right he believes that he bought into the whole idea of hierarchy and inferiority and superiority and like 
he's like, oh, you're not recognized by my government? That's going to be your problem. He's fully willing to wipe out the entirety of Wano to get at Luffy. And I'm like, it's the idea of like, the people that execute justice, quote unquote, can be just as big of monsters as the people that they declaim, you know? Like, even Kaido, like Kaido was doing war crimes against Wano, but like what Green Bull's talking about is just as bad, if not worse, because it is a definitive ending of all life. Yeah. Like, Kaido made their lives miserable, but Green Bull was like casually like, I don't even know these people and I don't care to know them. I'm okay with just mulching them and turning them into fertilizer. Yeah, he's just about to solo buster call this bitch like nobody's business. Yeah, right? Uh, There's this one little... Like, he's literally not viewing them as human. He's like, you have no human rights. Don't blame me for it. It's how the world works. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. Discrimination creates solace for who? Like... For the for the ones that aren't discriminated against. Yeah. It's like, bro, you are basically the picture of colonialism. Like and then Yam- Yeah. I love the way Yamato comes in too. He's talking that good shit. He's like, I'm gonna kill thousands of you, anything to ensure I reach, you know, Straw Hat Luffy's he comes in. You won't be doing a word of that. Bow smacks him on his dome with the with the house Haushokuno. The King's the Hockey. He said, damn, that's some tough hockey. Fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a dope entrance. For sure. But I love that. The, and then, I like their line, too. Like, his lines, like, the people have withstood 20 years of oppression. I won't let you ruin their chance to finally celebrate and allow their hearts to feel free again. Yeah, that was a was dope-ass like, line. That's that's some hero shit, you know. Yeah, and then Momo, Momo comes in and is also trying to stall off Green Bull, um, and tells Yamato that they sh- they shouldn't fight. So I'm like, I'm wondering why that is, because they would definitely be the best one to deal with this this adversary, being that they're the most capable, obviously, but. Why is it that Momo doesn't want him to fight? I wonder. Like it's been, that made me really curious when I read that bit of the chapter. Is it because he has a feeling and he can hear the voice of somebody else right outside Wano, Shanks? And it's curious Ooh. that Shanks is literally saying that he's going to claim the One Piece and he's right outside Wano. Oh, I see, I see. Man. That would be interesting, because, like, Momo respects Luffy so much. So, like, if someone approached him saying, like, hey, I'm a representative of, like, a friend of Luffy, he'd probably accept them, you know, and allow them into Wano. But so far, he's closed the borders. Is his hesitation to fight Green Bull the fact that um, he is an admiral, right? And he's like, we can't, we can't really fight this admiral, or the world order is gonna paint us as the villains. Like, we can't have a fight that he survives, right? Because if he survives, he's gonna tell the tale. And then once they tell the tale, they're gonna bring in so much more and make up a reason to 
have retribution yeah. against Wano. Because, like, he might be just thinking in the forums of, like, a leader, and he's like, okay, what's the backlash here? What's this going on? Or it might be something else, because at the same time, like, it is a lawless place, but, like, the world government doesn't help people, but it will definitely fuck people over because of, like, things that they view as, like, detrimental. Like, oh, you struck us, even though it was in self-defense? Yeah, no, you, you picked a fight with the world government. Because they do that stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about how we haven't seen uh, Fujitora in a while. Yeah, we haven't. I mean, he, we the last thing we got from him was that he was going to go uh, meet up with Vegapunk or something. No, that was before the Reverie, wasn't it? <sighs> no, no, no. I don't recall. Like, I think he might be with Vegapunk right now. Yeah, but I just think it's interesting because I remember Fujitora like having that moment, uh, like apologizing to like the King of Dressrosa, saying like, "Is the world government gods that kind of thing?" And like apologizing to them, like I feel like Green Bull is like literally like the philosophical opposite. Of yeah. Fujitora. So I want to see him come in and maybe check him or something like that. But That would be interesting if another admiral pulled up and, and was like, put a kibosh on this shit. Yeah, he's like, hey man, just because this isn't technically our jurisdiction doesn't mean you can just go buck wild. Like, because like Fujitora has like genuine empathy and he's like, man... Like, we shouldn't have the Seven Warlords. We shouldn't have all this stuff. We shouldn't be propping up. The fact that, like, Mr. Crocodile, it's like, the whole thing with Alabasta got covered up by the world government so that they could, like, maintain control. He's like, this ain't worth it. Like, crushing a country just because they happen to be having a one person there? Nah. Like, that ain't it. That ain't what real justice is. So I could see him interfering. Um... I've just got those two on my mind because, um, so, like, the main admirals, right? Like, Akainu is, like, Akainu. He's the like fleet admiral. Them. Yeah, all the major it's, fleet it's, admirals. They tend to, like, sorry. Oh, you were saying, uh, are you talking about the fleet admiral or the main admirals? Who are, I mean, I was thought you were uh, referring general, to Kizaru, Fujitora, and Greenville. Yeah, yeah, all of them. So, like, the animals, their nicknames represent, like, cardinal directions, right? Like, animals that are part of, like, the compass zodiac that are supposed to be kind of those things. Yeah. Uh, the combination of, like, the ox and bull creates, um, like, the ox and tiger, which is part of their whole green bull, Fujitora kind of thing. Uh, they represent uh, northeast, and in the story of Momotaro, when the, the little kid, like, who's, like, gonna go out, like, makes a bunch of friends with a bunch of animals and, like, slays demons, Ox Tiger is, like, because, like, Oni are supposed to have, like, ox horns and they wear, like, the little tiger, like, little kind of, like, uh, uh, you know, the little Tarzan, little, like, Neanderthal undies yeah. kind of bit. Um, the Northeast is the cardinal direction that the island where the Oni lived 
where Momotaro had to go and defeat the evil to yeah. survive. But then the other admirals, they represent like the pheasant, the dog, uh, other animals that, and like the monkey, which is like Monkey D. Luffy. Those animals helped him, Momotaro, fight evil. So I wonder if this is going to be a thing where like they have to fight Green Bull, which would represent one of the Oni, and then have like a kind of like a political regrouping and like kind of like meet terms, right? They've held out like they've held out the border of Wano, and then once they deal with Green Bull, they might have like a bargaining chip. It's like, hey, we were planning on opening up to the world, but this admiral went rogue and attacked our country. So what are the reparations that we can demand from the world government so that we can be seen as equals and feel good about opening up business, right? Because Japan has, like, like the real Japan has historically had a thing where, like, like um, Admiral Perry, right, forced open the, the trade gates, even though they were trying to have, like, an isolationist bent through force, showing off Admiral, because he was an Admiral, and he had cannons and he basically shot several warning shots outside of port town is like open up or we're gonna blow you up yeah open up trade open up your country to the rest of the world and trade or else so i wonder if it's like a little bit of myth it's a little bit of like history kind of influencing that thing and i wonder if like those other animals are gonna like really talk to momo and treat him like a real ruler and like get down to brass tacks and like negotiate diplomacy so I'm wondering if that's kind of all bundled in there through the symbolism of their names and, like, the whole Momo, Momotaro kind of bit. Yeah, yeah. That could definitely be really interesting, for sure. Um, I know that the the names and colors, like, the animal and color have always been kind of a indicator for their personality and how they operate. Um, mm-hmm. Like a kind of being the red dog. Obviously, he's very like aggressive and and, and prone to anger. Um, and loyal. Kind of, Aokiji is you know the blue pheasant, you know like calm, tranquil, whatever. Um, Kizaru like the yellow monkey, just like goofy kind of. So yeah. Yeah. Um, any any speculation on like meaning behind the admiral's names? I'm I'm for it for sure. Because it's yeah. it's there. Like the evidence, we have the evidence that it's already been there. So why wouldn't it be now? Um, especially especially without Oda like foreshadows forever ago, right? Yeah. Jumping back to the Shanks shit a little bit, like I really have no idea what he's planning on doing cuz like he's he's at, he's outside Wano right now. But he's saying he doesn't want to go into Wano and see Luffy. He's saying that he's not interested in seeing Luffy. Remember what's happening in our territory right now? Like we got to go deal with this Bart, this Bartolomeo dude, who's burning our <laughs> shit and, and replacing him with Luffy's flags. But then he's also like, "Let's go claim the One Piece." So like, what the fuck is Shanks on right now, bro? Like, are you going to Wano? Are you pulling up to your islands to to check Bartolomeo? Are you going to get the One Piece? Is all that somehow tied together? What the fuck is actually going on? It's like, man. I just can't wait to get, just like get more exposition on what the fuck is actually going on. How, like, man, what the fuck man. is Shanks about to do? Fuck! I can't this wait to see really, him make his movie. This is really important because like Shanks actively stole the the gum gum 
like the gum gum fruit from the government from CP9. Yeah, this flashback to me tells me that this was all planned. I like, think he tried to get Luffy the gum gum fruit. Like, did he set up Luffy to be this person of destiny? I think he hedged his bets for sure on Luffy being the one that could awaken the fruit. I think he knew. I think he knew basically everything, you know. And he's like, I've set up all the proper conditions so that One Piece could be available, right? So maybe One Piece is only available, like truly able to like be accessed while Nika is present in the world. That could be true. Because they're like, it's about Laugh Tale and then Joy Boy, right? So I feel like those two things could kind of intersect. And yeah, Joy Boy is least, Nika, so... Yeah, so like... I think that like maybe Gold Roger just laughed because like I got to one piece, I found the thing that everybody wants, and it literally cannot be accessed unless Joy Boy exists and he just laughed and laughed and laughed. Like, and you maybe know, that's also why he wanted. said I wish I would have been uh I wish I could have lived in the same era as you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's like and the idea that, like, you've spent so much of your life tra- traveling the world, getting to this one goal, and just having it be just out of your reach. How frustrating that would be. And then he's like, you know what? I'm still going to cause chaos when I'm going out and does the whole execution declaration. I left all my wealth in one piece. And that's like, did he really? Nah, I don't know. But it'd be interesting if he did, because, like, It'd be like that treasure planet moment, right? Where you just find this giant cavern full of gold and you're like trying to find the one piece inside this giant sea of wealth. Right. You know, like really dig through it. Mm. I don't know, man. So, Flame Emperor Sabo. Crazy. Like, so official confirmation, like Sabo, not dead. All the revolutionaries escaped. They got Kuma up out of there. It's a big W. But huge. But big L's. Cobra apparently is dead. They framed Sabo. I'm already knowing. I'm not buying this shit at all. They killed Cobra. They kidnapped Vivi. They framed Sabo because it was the easy, like it just worked. It just worked. It was so easy to frame it in that way. Yeah. To the public who doesn't know a goddamn thing. Um mm-hmm. So, but, like, things to be curious about, like, obviously we, we, we had speculated in the past, I believe, on the show even, that it was a possibility that they were going to kill Cobra here at this reverie um, mm-hmm. and kidnap Vivi. So, like, to what end? Like, who has her? The, the Gorosei? Emu? Because we saw that Emu, like, stabbed her picture, her bounty poster, right? I, I believe in that scene, we saw Vivi's picture stabbed by Emu-sama. Um, so, yeah, it just obviously can't be good. And, I, like, I just I just need to know that Vivi's okay, man. I can't be having Vivi die. Can't be having that. But... One of the true pure characters in the series, like, just genuinely wholesome. Yes. But... Um, the revolutionaries destroyed the hoof of the celestial dragons, symbol of the world nobles. So was that like, 
like it looks like it was something on top of a building. I mean, is this something uh, we've seen, like just the symbol of the world government? Like, I thought it was the the like the weird like five circle cross, basically. Yeah, I thought that was the symbol of the world government. So I could and like you see like crosses and stuff and like stylized crosses on top of like churches and stuff and top of like massive buildings in the real world. So part of me thought that the symbol of the world government was this just massive five. It would be just like crosses. shooting the flag. Yeah. Yeah, it's they like shooting the flag. Up. Yeah, and they're just like, oh, that's a nice like Sistine Chapel you got there. Yisuck. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. It just was it was weird the the bolding of the the hoof of the celestial dragons. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't really know if anybody in the comments knows exactly what the hoof is. Yeah, if a hoof I mean, is a specific so word much... for like a a symbol representing a uh, a governmental body or I don't know. Yeah, I mean nothing sends a message like property damage, but at right. the same time, like I remember in American history. There was, um, uh, a ship got sank, uh, the U.S. sank one of its own ships called the May the USS Maine, and they blamed the Maine on Spain and had to justify a war with Spain, so part of me wonders, did the world government attack its own building and do a sort of like a false flag operation to blame the revolutionaries, and they're like, ah, oh, it was the Antifa, they did this, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I wonder, I wouldn't put anything past them at this point. They've done so much dirty shit. Yeah. I think um, it's interesting that we get a couple new factions now within the world government as well, like the Naval Bureau of Investigation. We get the director mm -hmm. here in this chapter, Kuroma. And then we also get a hint at another faction within the actual, like, uh, Celestial Dragon Body, the Holy Knights, which mm -hmm. I would assume are, like, personal bodyguards to the celestial dragons that are actually like high level like devil fruit or hockey users paladins straight yeah. up paladins of order yeah or like paladins of the crown that kind of thing yeah so i'm hyped to get a little bit more on these holy knights or see them eventually and um also this eight nation revolution that they're talking about this is crazy um we're getting just more upheaval within the government more you know stirrings within the unsettling uh states within the world people are like getting sick of the poverty and the discrimination and all the bullshit so we're definitely just seeing a lot more of these these events unfolding man things are culminating things are brewing man it's, it's coming to the end and i believe oda said recently like within the last couple of weeks actually that he was like planning on wrapping things up now within three years yeah but, you know, predictions for series endings have always been a little, like, tricky. I try not to, like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally, you know, I, I try and stay as unbiased as possible because mm -hmm. I don't want to ruin the ending of any given series. Because, like, I've had people ask me, like, how do you want this to end? How do you want this to end? How do you want One Piece mm -hmm. to end? I'm like, I want One Piece to end however Oda had envisioned it ending. Like, I want it to end how the author, how the writer, how the creator viewed his story, this masterpiece coming to an end. And I'm not going to fucking spoil that for myself with my own fucking dumbass interpretations of how the story can go 
Like, mm. I'm not a fucking mm. professional serialized author. Like, yeah, I can critique this shit. But at the end of the day, like, I'm here to appreciate the, the masterpiece. I'm here to appreciate the art. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be so invested in how I think a story should end that I think the ending is bad. <laughs> you know, like, if it's bad and it, can be, and it can be, like, objectively analyzed as such, okay. But, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I think this should have happened. This is trash, you know, which a lot of people I feel are going to do. And that just makes me sad to think about yeah. what's going to be going on on Twitter and shit during the end stages of this of this movie. Oh, you know, like God. people are going to be tearing it apart because they of their own dumbass, you know, theories that they wanted to come true that probably won't. And it's like it just makes me sad and nervous for the end of One Piece, man. Seriously. It's going to be a migraine for sure. I'm going to have to like uninstall Twitter for a hot minute because I want to just see it unfold, you know? Like I want to see it go out and like we always make our takes week to week and like we're proven right as often as we are wrong. So like, but like that's the enjoyment of it. Like I, like every time I read manga, I always have this thought, I want to know what happens next. Yeah. You know? And so, like, that's the enjoyment for me. Whether I'm right, whether I'm wrong, it's so validating when I'm like, yes, nailed it, saw that coming. But, like, if I'm wrong, I'm like, you know what, that's cool, that's innovative. I didn't think of that. That's novel to me. So, like, I'm still excited about something new. Yeah. Um, this new Bureau of Investigation, um, his name is Kuro'uma, and that translates to Black Horse. And Ooh. so I thought it was interesting because he admits that and page 17 in each case the public is convinced that sabo was the one calling a string and it's causing quite a stir add to the re recent events orchestrated during the king's return there's many sparks rebel of rebellion smoldering all over the world now there's a phrase for a dark horse it is uh, a candidate or competitor about whom little is known but who unexpectedly wins or succeeds yeah there are also a couple other definitions um a political candidate un unexpectedly nominated as a compromise between factions hmm. or uh, a dark horse is a previously less known person or thing that emerges to prominence in a situation, especially in a situation involving multiple rivals or a contestant that on paper should be unlikely to succeed, but yet still might. So I thought it was really interesting that a character that is about political, uh, like very politically savvy and like, is willing to like manipulate information with the world government. I'm just assuming, you know, because like the Admiralty, they're kind of dirty. Um, I think that you might be onto something with the um, what was the part of the what was the the variation of the definition that you stated about kind of a compromise between two sides? Yeah, a political candidate unexpectedly nominated, usually as a compromise between factions. Yeah, so that fits to me perfectly. Literally, you could stamp that right on this this Navy versus world government uh, dynamic. Like, they, they're seen a lot of times to be kind of button heads. And so mm -hmm. this, you know, could this, this Kuro, Kuro Uma seems to kind of be really um, a closely, closely a, yeah, almost a liaison, closely affiliated with both sides. He knows a lot about what's going, the goings on of both sides and, like, seems to be, a, you know playing both of them pretty closely and he does have the like 
um, pseudonym, not the pseudonym, but the um, what are, the alias, right? Kudouma is not his actual name. It's his name is Tensei. It looks like, and so Kudouma is literally his code name, and it fits perfectly with that a political compromise between two sides. This is somebody that we both appointed in this position because they're going to be in both of our business. You know, like that fits perfectly and, to me. I'm having a hard time articulating it properly, but. Hey, I'm kind of picking up what you're putting down because also like his name is Ten, which reverts to like, like his name Tensei means reincarnation or rebirth. Ten is like the symbol for heaven. So the idea of the fact that he is the dark horse, he is the figure of prominence that is connected as a liaison. He is 10 heaven, but also serving the Navy. So like, he is a servant of two masters kind of person. Or like, a political finesser, I just feel like. Yeah, well, and I believe Tensei. It just means like rebirth, right? Trying to what like really? nature transmigration reincarnation heavenly voice adding finishing touches to a painting product of nature malleability are the yeah variations yeah so I feel like he's kind of a cool character uh, the one thing that I had thought about like the fact that like Sabo is the flame emperor he definitely got his hands on Ace's devil fruit. Oh, like yeah. the new the new devil fruit. So I love that for him. I love that oh, he the like new... the brothers are carrying on their their, you know, fallen brothers legacy in a way. You know well, what I mean? Well yeah, 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 definitely. But I mean I'm curious the new devil fruit, what do you mean? I mean it's like every time a devil fruit user dies, their fruit like manifests elsewhere, right? Right. Well yeah, Once... he got it back in Dressrosa, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I love that. Um, I forget sometimes because like One Piece has been going on for so long my brain's just crammed with random facts and I'm like mm -hmm. do I remember anything? I mean I remember like a tenth of everything you know what I mean? Yeah no I, I just Piece. was confused so yeah like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's had it I for a while it. but now they're definitely recognizing him as like the flame emperor he's really taking up that ace moniker and he's really carrying on that will and that fire mm. so yeah I love that Even his too. hair is starting to look like him. Like, yeah. If you look at that zoom in on 1819, if you turned his hair black and like gave him a different hat, he would look like Ace. Yeah. Straight up. Goggles, like, even the goggles on the hat, like, he looks like a color inverted version of Ace now. Um, so I think that's interesting. Also, peep the banners, right? Peep oh, the banners. These are the... So, uh... I think I found the hoof, right? They have like the arrow through the five point star, the five point star, which is like the world government. They've yeah. got the X and S, which was supposed to represent Sabo anyway, right? In uh -huh. um, in Ace's tattoo, so like that's his logo straight up. And then the arrow going through the thing, the idea of like shooting down the government is very like pro anarchist kind of stuff, revolutionary stuff. But there's a little triangular pendant of a little, like, looking mustache with, like, a little weather vane thing on top. That might be the hoof of the Celestial Dragon. That's like the, um, you're talking about the bird, isn't that the navy thing? 
That's like what is that's like is what it a bird? Sengoku wears on his hat. The 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 last one closest to the podium. Yeah. Yeah, is I that think the that's the Navy that the symbol, like what they wear on the ah. Because remember, Sengoku always used to have a little fucking um, thing like that on his hat. Remember? Mm, I'm gonna look it up. One Piece Navy symbol. You were absolutely right. It's a, but it's an upside down version. Oh. It's flipped upside down. That's interesting because I was like, I recognize that. Where is it? I like that they literally like modified because they have the arrow through the world government. They have flipped. They have the navy symbol, but it's flipped upside down. Mm -hmm. So I think that's crazy, and I love that that they're like, yeah, we'll fly your iconography, but we're gonna do it wrong because we hate you. Like, yeah. we don't fuck with you. This is an active, like, flagrant disrespect to what you stand for. These are your symbols. Like, symbols have power. We're going to dismerge them. Yeah, for sure. I think that's Love definitely, that. you're onto something there. Hell yeah. And then we get a little bit of uh, this Akainu action to at the end. He's like, I don't, I don't give a fuck who's coming. I'll drive each and every one of them back into the depths of the fucking sea, bro. Oda loves Akainu so much. He stated that Akainu is his favorite character. <laughs> Didn't he say that, like, if he... Um, if he was the main if, character, if he, main... He, would, he would finish One Piece in a year. Yeah, in a year. Oh, I can't wait for the Sabo-Akainu fight. Like, redemption for one of the saddest deaths of the series. Yeah. I'm waiting. For sure. I want, I want Sabo to do, like, that, tr that, that Talon fist like a flaming talon fist, and do the thing shoving through his chest like Akuino did to Ace. I want that to happen so badly. Punch a hole through his fucking chest with the heat can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm just like, yes, revenge. Oh, yeah. But, no uh, gods, no masters. I don't know. I think that's about all I had for this chapter of One Piece. It's so hype. <laughs> it's so hype. All that. of it's coming together. Um, someone was telling me that they thought it's wild because, like, the Oda came out saying that they wanted to have the end of the series be something that people that hadn't read the series all the way through to be able to enjoy and understand it without having to, like, do an insane amount of reading, right? Yeah. So he said that. And so someone else was saying, it's like, are you guys telling me that the end of One Piece is just the story of One Piece and, like, everything prior to that is a massive, massive prologue of how the crew came to be and, like, how all the, like, different pieces of, like, the playing board at that point came to be and, like, now that Yamato... I feel like Yamato is going to be added to the crew, so, like, after that, there's that point where, like, yeah, this is the One Piece crew. This is the Straw Hat crew. And then what Odo feels is going to be the finale. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would necessarily put it like that. Because I feel like if you were to just pick up One Piece right now and read it to the end, like, there's undoubtedly, like, unequivocally, you know, you, so you could not argue the fact that there's so much that you're just missing out on in terms of, like, story, character development, like like world building just emotional impact 
you know, just you could continue to go down the list. Like, they, I don't know. I believe he's putting it more so in terms of like, you know, like you said, it's he's going to try and make it malleable for even a new fan to pick up at this point and not have to necessarily read the whole story back if they don't want to. But I don't, I don't believe you could argue that you wouldn't be missing out on a fuck ton if you didn't read and experience the entire story or watch it, whatever you want to do. I feel like I'd have to... I, I feel... I wonder, like, if we get to the point where we're like, hey, these are the last couple chapters, if we just, like, prep and just reread the whole damn series. So I feel like... Wrong. Because, like... I love binges, and it helps me, like, because we experience One Piece over such a large, like, tract of time that, like, different impacts are being made. And I think it would be really interesting to see how I feel about, like, different arcs if I just read everything in sequence. Yeah. All in one go. And it's just like, man, that'd be an undertaking. But I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, that's all I had today. Yeah, that's about all I had for this chapter of One Piece. So, that'll do it for this chapter, and that will do it for this episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did, be sure to slap a like on the video if you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the channel for more Fire Ass Weekly content. Leave a comment section down there. Let us know, or leave a comment in the comment section down there. Let us know what you thought of this weekend jump what you thought of the episode. If we missed anything, chop it up with us down there. Um, also, while you're down there, look in the description box. Links to any and all of our individual social media accounts like Twitter, online communities like our Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as links to our Patreon so that you can support the show if you'd like even more than you do already You know, by just watching it. So, Yes, 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 yes. With all that said, another fire weekend jump done for, and this will be another stupendous episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Wrapping up, I'm your host, Eagle. And I'm Melo Yenis. Good night. Peace. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 